What's up ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode, the never-ending saga of Apple Watch, more next-generation iPhone and iPad speculation, and what we might expect out of WWDC. It's episode numero cuatro de Magnificent. This week I'm joined by a new voice, author of Been There Done That, and social media marketing genius, Rob Shoesmith. Hey Rob, how's it going? Hey Ian, how you doing? I, I'm doing well, uh, enjoying life, keeping up with things. Always staying on the edge. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite cool, actually, because obviously we've been speaking over the last few years and stuff and um, on like different apps and stuff like that. And it's quite, quite good to actually put a face to, per, to the, you know, the person. So. Always nice to have a, a real conversation instead of these one way or text conversations that yeah, we've had for, for years. So, uh, so, Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Tell us about your book. Yeah, um, well, I've been involved in the world of apps since 2008. Um, I studied internet marketing at university, um, but a long story, to cut a long story short, um, I became involved with an app developer uh, called Metal Mobile, um, and I've been doing marketing and PR for them over the last kind of five or six years. So um, what I do is talk to app developers and basically help generate a buzz for them. Um, and I did a bit of a social experiment where I decided to camp for 10 days for an iPhone in central London um, and wrote a book about the experience called Been There, Done That. And basically it's about how I kind of spoke to loads of different people whilst being out on the street for 10 days outside the Apple store, connecting with a lot of homeless people. Um, and it was a really, really humbling experience. Um, not something I'd probably do again, um, because at the end of like, the 10 days, I was just absolutely wrecked. Um, and yeah, it opened my eyes up a lot to kind of like materialism, um, because obviously everyone in the line was, was there to spend hundreds of pounds or dollars or whatever you want to call it on kind of like new iPhones and stuff. And then, you know, people who I spoke to outside the store had nothing. So it was, it was really, really humbling at the same time. And, and I know you've talked before about some other possible social experiments and things you wanted to try. Uh, one of those, one of those was your dedication to Apple and trying to hit how many Apple stores? Yeah. Um, well, what, what, what I was going to do, but I mean, I've got a lot of ideas and it's a question of kind of like finding the time to do this kind of stuff. But one idea was to see if I could um, go around the whole of the UK um, and visit every single Apple store, but not spending any money and kind of, um plugging into social media and um basically bartering goods um as well so basically talking to companies who would kind of give me some gear and stuff to uh take with me all different types of products and stuff and then almost like barter them so um you know a company could give me say like a i don't know like a mp3 player or something like that and i could basically swap it for like a ride in a car 20 miles away so, so basically somebody gets like a good deal and stuff. So the idea is that I can come into um, run social media um, and promote, say, like a blog, which I write at the same time. And it's, basically there's loads of ideas which I've got in my head, but it's a question of kind of like finding the time to do it because obviously, you know, it would take a good few weeks to do and being away from home and that kind of thing. But um, I've always got a lot of ideas, obviously, but sometimes it's a question of, you know, 
finding the time to actually you know go 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 about doing these things but um for sure and and obviously part of that is the the social aspect of it that you'd be using twitter and uh, at the time it was hang with although it may be periscope or whatever it is now um that you would basically put a call out to people and say hey who can let me stay with them for the night or who who's who's cool enough and nice enough and loves Apple enough to be like, hey, I trust you not to rape me or steal my shit and do a, let you crash on the couch for a night. But that idea was was super cool to me, and that's that's kind of the the stuff that Rob and I frequently talk about. Yeah, yeah. it's something which um, um, I'm I'm definitely thinking about doing um, because I mean. My kind of background is kind of over the last few years is in like marketing and PR and stuff, and I kind of know ways in which to get kind of like personal media interested and stuff like that. But um, I really enjoyed the experiment and you know writing the book and stuff like that. And it it it's been a couple of years since since I did that, and I'm kind of getting itchy feet to maybe do something along those lines again. Not like camping on the street for ten days. I'd want it to be a little bit more luxur- luxurious. So the idea is to try and make something you know, really, really extreme. Um, so almost kind of like a piss take where um, I can see what I can kind of blag um, and maybe, you know, I don't know, visit an Apple store or something like that in, say, like um, a limousine or like a monster truck or like a tank or something like that, just to basically take the piss, basically, and, and, and kind of, you know, I don't know, connect with new people like-minded people but companies as well because you know some of these companies might want to have apps built eventually and stuff and it's just kind of i I like untraditional marketing and promotion and you know guerrilla marketing and that kind of thing but it's um it's kind of like finding the right time as i say and also the right kind of project to do it for so if i wanted to you know maybe promote something then to, to, to kind of like make it pay but at the same time i like to tell a story so that's kind of like half the fun because you know there's a lot of people certainly app developers out there um certainly with their kind of social media they kind of talk exclusively about themselves and they shout 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 on social media and people switch off to that what i could kind of like to do is promote stuff but doing it a bit more gently and not kind of in your face so have a story at the same time so yeah you know drop the odd link into stuff and that kind of thing, um, into kind of blogs and stuff. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's targeted in a nice way. It's not in your face marketing. And that's what kind of I'm all about really. Um, so, yeah. So, so obviously, obviously all of this ties back to Apple because Apple is such a part of your life now. Do a, a real, real quick. What Apple gear do you have? Um, I have a MacBook pro laptop um a macbook air an apple tv um an apple watch um an ipad a couple of um old ipods as well so yeah quite a lot to be honest and then and your daily phone is a six plus right oh shit yeah 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 six plus yeah yeah six plus and how do you how do you like that how how is that i i know we had a, a bunch of discussions when that when the six and six plus came out, we went back and forth about which one to get. Mm. I settled on the six because of how often I'm taking my phone with me on runs and at the gym and in my pocket and at work. You went with the six plus 
Why? Um, my main reason was battery life, um, really, because sometimes, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably about an hour away from London and, and sometimes, you know, I might go down to London for the day and certainly with the 5S, the battery was just gone by like 12 o'clock. If I was to go down at, say, 7 o'clock in the morning, then it'd be then using like all the different apps to navigate London, like maps and that kind of thing, it was done. The battery was gone by like 12 o'clock, so I wanted something to stay on all day um, and, you know, I have found it lasts so much longer. Um, I was a little bit concerned about the size of the phone. Um, certainly the first couple of days when I picked it up, I was like, oh no, I haven't made the wrong, wrong choice because I could hardly hold it um, without a case. But when I kind of like popped a case on it, it actually it, it actually felt better. Um, and over kind of like a two, three week period, you kind of get used to it really quickly. Um, and the iPhone 5S, now when I pick it up and, and, and try and use it, it feels like a, like a... It's like a toy. Yeah, like a kid's kid's toy, yeah, definitely. Um, and I tend to watch, you know, a few YouTube videos and that kind of thing, and, you know, so, you know I, I tune into, like, different apps and stuff like that, like Periscope and Hangwith and that kind of thing. Um, and it is way better on the bigger screen. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I don't like is... Um, I'm quite into cycling, cycling at the minute, so trying to fit it in, in like my jersey pocket and stuff, it, you've got to be a little bit careful because it kind of hangs out the back pocket a little bit. And um, certainly, you know, if I if I go into say like a town or a city or something, before I used to maybe put my iPhone 5S in my back pocket, like my jeans pocket, but now I don't quite so much because I don't know, it's an obvious target for someone to steal it when I'm not looking. So. Now, now in that list of, of gear, you also talked, you, you have the Apple Watch. You got Apple Watch the same day I did, just a few hours earlier on launch day. H- how have you been liking that? Um, mixed, really. Um, I think when I first got it and I took it out of the box, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. Because I hadn't used, used kind of like smart watches before. Um, and yeah, um, initially I found it really cool. But then, I don't know, maybe because I haven't worn a watch for a few years, it kind of lost its appeal to me a little bit. Like now I don't actually have it on, um, but I've got my phone next to me. Um, so it's, I don't know, it, it, it serves its purpose in, in many ways and stuff. Um, you know, I'll use it for um, music and stuff like that. So if I'm kind of using my um, it's like a turbo trainer for the bike at home so, it's, so I can ride inside and stuff. I use it to control my music and that kind of thing, which is really cool. Um, in terms of apps and stuff, I don't know. I mean, there's a few good ones, but I think, I don't know, I think it's going to take a year or two for, you know, the app developer community to, to kind of do something decent um, and an Apple as well, really. Right, and, and we talked about that in the last the last couple episodes of this. Um, both Glenn and I have, have talked about it and a lot of other people I've seen talk about it too that apps right now developers seem very lost as to what to do yeah it's I mean certainly with um, some of the apps are kind of like just carbon copies of like the iPhone apps and stuff um, and yeah some of them are okay um, I don't know certain apps you can't respond to so the notifications which obviously come in on your, on your, on your hand and stuff on your wrist 
but some some of them you can't actually respond to directly and stuff and that kind of frustrates me sometimes because it just means that you have to pick up your phone and stuff and i don't know maybe i don't know maybe a couple of years down the line apple might rethink it a little bit and um you know some of how to kind of like operate the watch and stuff some of it's a little bit clunky at times um sure on the buttons but maybe it's down to developers but hey yeah and and you know for, for me i i find that well, yeah, I can't respond to a lot of things on my watch or action take action on a lot of things. I'd have to go to my phone for it. Just the ability to clear stuff and say this isn't important enough for me to look at right now. I get a lot of emails that I'm CC'd on or I get messages on you know, Facebook Messenger or whatever it is that from people. And I'm like, well, I, I don't really need to reply to this right now. Yeah. But just being able to say, okay, I know it's there. Without that mm. grabbing my phone, because every time I grab my phone, my brain is so programmed now yeah. that I I check whatever the notification is, and then I open Twitter, or I open something else, and all of a sudden, I've now burned a half hour doing something, because all I wanted to do was check that notification quick. So I know, I know from that aspect, for me, it's, it's yeah. been huge. I mean, one, one app which I really do like, um, um, Dark... Dark Sky, the, the weather app, that's really cool, actually, because it kind of lets me know if it's going to be raining within, like, the next 60 minutes and stuff. And um, my local kind of, like, grocery store is probably about a 10-minute walk away from where I live. So what I tend to do is I'll log on to that app, um, or it, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll be getting ready to, to go out to walk to the shops, and um, I'll get the notification through on my watch and stuff, and it says it's going to start raining in, like, two minutes or whatever and i actually use it and um i find that app like really really cool because every time it says it's going to rain for some reason it, it definitely does rain within a couple of minutes um and i love i love the um apple watch version of it because it just tells me and stuff and yahoo web is cool as well i mean certainly for sports and stuff um it kind of well, with, with my cycling and stuff, it tells me like the the wind speed and stuff like that, so I know, you know, if to take it a little bit easy and stuff, and not, you know, go out in dangerous conditions and stuff. So that's cool. Um, yeah, the messenger apps and stuff like Facebook, it's okay, but it it kind of makes me want to pick up my iPhone and respond because I guess most people nowadays, when they get a message, they think, oh no, I've got to respond straight away. Um, so maybe it it doesn't help with people trying to unplug a little bit and you know it's it's like instant isn't it all the time you know you have to respond to stuff but um um one of the things that i've noticed personally about it and this is not so much notification related but it hardware related is that the uh the digital crown which obviously is apple's preferred way to action on the device is use the digital crown for everything pretty much Mm. um that it'll get like sticky or hard to turn okay have you run into that at all i haven't really if i'm being honest um no not too much um i mean yeah in terms of like the hardware and stuff i think uh the only thing which i found kind of like a little bit inconsistent was uh you know the heart rate monitor and stuff like that um that was because i I use like a garmin and stuff um for like exercise and stuff and i've put both of them together at the same time to check my heart rate and stuff and it's kind of like a, a big difference um and sometimes you know the apple watches 
said that you know my heart rate is like probably 30 40 beats higher than the garmin which is quite a difference um and sometimes you know it will, the, the watch will say i don't know my, my heart beats like 140 beats a minute and then literally like 10 seconds later when i check my wrist again to, to do it again it will, it will go down to like 45 beats a minute so that's too kind of extreme so i don't really know how accurate the sensors are um on the on the heart you know the heart rate monitor on you know the apple watch really. and and how tight do you wear your your watch when you do wear it reasonably i mean normally um i've got like an apple you know the sport band and stuff so my wrists are kind of like quite slim so i'll use um the last but one hold so it's, it's quite firm um to be honest I, I, I quite like wearing watches quite you know firm and not too loose um i i just know that's that's a big big thing that i've noticed it was the first couple of times i did workouts with it i didn't I, I just left it how i normally wear it mm. and that it would it would miss my heartbeat a lot through the workout app mm. and then i switched to i tighten it one pin tighter yep when I when I would do a workout, and that seemed to make a huge difference. That it's much more consistent, just because it can get that reading. You don't get a little bit of shift because obviously, if it gets a, a little bit of shift in it, it might miss every other beat, or it it may read beats, but it thinks, oh, well, that wasn't actually a beat that was it moving. Yeah. So when you get that forty five or forty beats a minute, it may actually be one sixty, but it's missing. You know, it's only catching every fourth beat or something like that you know you know when you actually use the heart rate um app does it why does it only stay on for a few seconds and then goes off or is that me or is that the way in which it's designed are you, are you saying when like you swipe up the glance yeah so when i when i do a glance and stuff and then i'll check my heartbeat um it, the glance itself i think only stays up for 15 or 20 seconds yeah, but that's and then the screen. The screen dims. So if it can't, basically, if it can't get a reading in that time and nothing comes up, it just says, "I'm not worried about it. I'll try again later." And now, now even worse than that, the uh, the heart rate sensor since the 1.0.1 update a couple weeks ago. Now, when you're not in a workout, it only reads every 10 minutes when you're not moving, which is even more confusing to me because to me it seems backwards you would think when you're moving it would want to read your heart rate to know how intense are you moving but i mean what i find annoying is that sometimes it's what i like to do is um i don't know like i'd, I'd like to check my heartbeat but it, it's it's not quite it doesn't stay on the screen long enough i mean I, I know most people probably don't want that but what i'm trying to do is like you know with with my exercise and stuff and like my cycling and stuff what i want to do is I want to work out what my resting heart rate is. So what I'd like to do is keep the screen on for like maybe a minute or something or two minutes in the morning so I can get a consistent level. Because what I'm doing is I'm I'm measuring it for like 10 seconds and then I'm having to move, move my wrist and then switch it back on again. And it, and, it, and, and what you're supposed to do, when you, when you kind of like take out like readings, you're supposed to be completely still and relaxed and stuff just to find out what your resting heart rate is. So... I mean, that's just something which annoys me, but I don't know. Now, I don't. One, uh, I guess, workaround solution for that, and I, this is probably not officially sanctioned, but I think would work, is pop open the workout app and do, like, an other workout. 
Uh, right away in the morning because because when you do it that way it's gonna it's a continuous read what maybe it's not on the screen but it would continuous read so you could pop that up for a minute or two minutes or whatever it is in the morning let it go and then at the end it's going to tell you your average well if you weren't moving that average should be within a beat or two of of accurate so that if, if you're just shooting for a baseline heart rate at that moment in time that could be a real quick yeah real quick solution to it better to, to be honest i mean to be honest i haven't used the apple watch that much for exercise really um i've kind of used my garmin devices and stuff like that um because i don't know it's, it's kind of like more data and stuff like that i can analyze and stuff um so i don't know um i mean if if someone was to say do you think it's value for money um i would say the sport version i'd say yeah but I think if I was to buy a more expensive version of the Apple Watch, you know, with some of the more expensive um, straps and stuff, I, would, I think I would feel a little bit shortchanged, um, if I'm being sure. honest. Um, I don't know. Um, it's kind of like when I first got it, I was like, yeah, this is great. But now it's in the bathroom. Um, I had like a shower earlier on, and I, and I haven't even bothered putting it back on, to be honest. And I don't miss it. But if I was to pick up, but if I, if I, if I couldn't find my phone, I'd be like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Um, so maybe, you know, in a few years time, if it's going to be more standalone. So if they were to build in, built in kind of like cellular and all that kind of stuff, then that might be a little bit different. Um, so you're entirely on the opposite side of it for me. Hmm. I mean, for, for me, like if I was going to go for a run, I would rather have my watch on and forget my phone at home than have, my phone and forget my watch just because I, I feel like and again you're you're using a garmin and you have your whole setup to do your workouts and you're also doing three four five six hour bike rides some days i mean i know the other day you did like 112 miles or something ridiculous like that versus for me i'm going on a 30 minute run yeah i uh i love having it it's and i, I feel like it's it's a just based off of like what a treadmill says my calorie burn should be or what run keeper says my calorie burn should be or anything else. I find that what the watch gives me is always a little bit lower, Yeah. but I would, I would rather have it think I did less and have it tell me I burned less calories than over, over assume and say, Oh, well I thought I burned a thousand calories today and I only burned 600, but I ate those thousand calories and now I'm over for the day. Not that, I'm to a point now where I should be focusing on it or worrying about it. I've are there are there any apps out there which um, allow you to kind of like monitor like different heart rate zones whilst you're actually exercising? Do you know, I've I know the watch itself within the workout app does do some to figure out your your overall. Um, kind of your average, and it, it's going to do some of that logic for you to say, well, you were at a higher heart rate here, so you burn more. But that's one thing I found. Um, I have some coworkers that wear the Fitbit Charge HR, which is the Fitbit device with a heart rate monitor on the back. Yeah. And it'll actually give you a breakdown. Like every time it takes a reading, it'll actually chart it out for you. Oh, that's cool. Whereas the Apple Watch, you basically get, even if you look at the day view, it basically shows you this was your range during this hour. This was your range during this hour. So if you wanted to know, okay, for this five minutes of my bike ride, 
your heart rate may be 180, you know, up at your max heart rate. Yeah. And then the rest of that hour you were at 140. Yeah. You're just going to see that range of 140 to 180 and you don't see where that spike was and how long you were at it. And I think that's that's a change that I think needs to happen within the health app. Definitely. For it to think, be more accurate. I think the um the health app and stuff, I don't know. I mean, it, there's so much more which which they could do with it. I mean, certainly like I mean, I'm a bit of a geek and I like to analyze numbers and stuff like that after like I do my, my bike rides and stuff and yeah, I mean, certainly with like Strava, um, you can kind of really look at everything, and um, you know, as you say, the heart rate at different points in time. So I could say at mile eight or nine, it's at say 150 beats a minute, and and really go fine tune it and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I think maybe maybe for, for recreational runners and cyclists and stuff like that. If they just want the basic data, then yeah, it's great. But I think, I guess, the more into it you become, that's when people may want like a, you know, a, a dedicated device for that specific, you know, exercise really. But um, so for the average consumer, it's probably just fine. Yeah, it's just for those those diehards that really like for you. You're you're doing hundred mile bike rides because it's somehow it's fun to you now i don't necessarily understand that but you say it's fun and i i trust that you think it is it is um so yeah um i think i think in terms of like you know making calls on the apple watch and stuff it's cool um i, I do like it but i don't think the volume's loud enough though i don't know what are your thoughts on making voice calls using the, the uh, apple i i don't do a lot of it i it makes perfect sense if all you're doing is real quick picking up the phone. Like the other day I was at the store and I was carrying like I think a bottle of wine in one hand and like chips and dip in the other hand or something like that because my wife and I are very classy. And <laughs> uh, she called and so real quick I just flipped my watch over and kind of with the edge of my pinky hit the answer button. Yep. And and real quick she was like, "Oh, can you also grab this?" Sure. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. And that was it. It's it's perfect for that kind of a phone call. Yeah. It totally doesn't make sense if you're going to have more than a minute or two conversation. It's not something you're going to, you know, you're on a an hour bike ride, you're not going to be on the phone for 20 minutes trying to have a conversation while you're taking a break or something it's if people notice you um answer the call because i did that once in this in the, you know in the, in the supermarket and stuff and um i don't know i got a few strange looks like because i was kind of like scanning my items and like people were like what's this what's this dude doing and it's like i think people are also kind of used to people being on speakerphone and maybe that's maybe that's an american thing i don't know if you guys experience that over there uh, but here it seems like every time I'm in a store, there's somebody that's on the phone on speakerphone. I've seen people FaceTiming in the grocery store. So I, I don't think it's as weird as it could be. Yeah. It, it I, I think I felt more weird than probably anybody else did. Yeah. Because I was I was holding everything kind of in front of me, but on the phone. And people could hear that I was talking and someone else was responding, but I was like... I'm kind of that asshole right now that just has my arm out in front of me and 
<laughs> so I, I I felt like that, but I I doubt anybody thought that. But again, I'm you're when you live in or near a big city, I think people don't care about other people, and that's probably part of it too. Is that people just don't really pay attention to me because they don't pay attention to anybody. I, I remember years ago, you know, when like Bluetooth headsets first came in and stuff like that. Like I used to think people were like a bit like mental you know like walking along down the street without the phone next to their ear and i was like what's, what's up with you and it was it was quite weird but obviously yeah people i think society adapts to that kind of stuff don't they in time so um so yeah it's uh i don't know I, I, i'm looking forward to seeing what you know apple have planned for um wwdc um this year um maybe they may do a few little updates on the watch and um maybe open it up to developers a little bit more as well so sure. well and i i know uh a week or so ago at the code conference and i don't remember who it was now off the top of my head um one of the apple execs that was there talking said that at wwdc they're going to show a preview basically of the next iteration of the watch os mm. which will let developers tap into some of those sensors so it's very possible that Strava or any of the other kind of health-oriented apps could tie into that heart rate sensor or any of the other sensors that are in it and actually use those for... So, so it's possible that you could actually just use your Apple Watch and may, maybe that's what it takes. And I think that's that's where you're going to start to really see a shift in how effective it is and how useful it is, is as apps can tie into that information, they're no longer relying on they need to call to the health app on the phone to pull the data in. That if they can just natively access it, that maybe that's that's where that turning point starts to happen. And 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 how do you, do you think um, Siri on um, the Apple Watch is is kind of like more accurate than on the iPhone, or do you think it's used exactly the same? Do you think Apple have um, designed it in the same way? Or I I don't like that you don't get a feedback, even a sound feedback that you you get a little you know that little tap on the wrist that Siri's listening or that she heard you yeah and I don't necessarily need her to read back her responses to me although that would be kind of cool that you could turn it on or off yeah um I've actually had more issues with it not picking up what I say or it picks up the wrong word yeah and and on the iPhone like with dictation and with Siri and stuff like that it wasn't a big deal especially with dictation if you were trying to respond to a message with it yeah you could really quickly just say okay that's fine and you could you know drag through the message and go change the one word that it screwed up on the watch you don't get that if you if it screws it up or it picks the wrong word yeah you go back and say it again and then once you've once it's failed the first time you've now wasted more time than just typing the message most of the time and so to me that's that's the issue there. It is. It's so frustrating. Like I've, you know, tried to do it with Siri, like responding to text messages and stuff like that. And yeah, if it doesn't work within one or two attempts, it, it just frustrates you, doesn't it? And you end up picking up your phone. Um, I don't know. I think as you know, as as Apple have said, it's it's more about you know quick, quick kind of like messages and stuff like that, and then your phones for more detailed stuff. But. Um, could you could you live without the Apple Watch now, and 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 not be bothered? I don't know. You don't know. I wore a Pebble uh, since last fall. Yeah. So I, I'm now used to having 
both a watch on just in general and a uh, a little bit of access to my notifications without looking at my phone. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, I I'm totally driven by the the uh, activities rings. Yep. Like I I went most of May and hit my goal every day. And actually, I I did technically hit my goal every day, but we'll get into why it didn't think I did uh, in a minute. But for me, I like to see those rings fail, and I like to have an overall look at what my activity for the day was. So for for me, that in itself is a reason to wear it. Um, you know, before the Pebble, I wore a, Mi- a Misfit Shine, and before that, I wore a Nike Fuel Band. So I've been wearing fitness trackers for a while. Okay. So for me, the Apple Watch is just my new fitness tracker with all these other cool features built in on top of that. So, so, so it's motivating for you. So if you see that, I don't know, um, if you see that you're close to your goal, then you basically try and do more um, just to reach that goal. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because... Um, I don't know. Uh, it's. I, I think I, I go through stages where I, I kind of like maybe look at that information and stuff, and then you know I, I might take my watch off or something like that. And then if I haven't got the watch on, then I kind of think, ah, oh, I'll have, I, I'll start it tomorrow when I've got the watch back on for a full day and stuff like that. And it's I don't know. I think I don't know because my main exercise is the cycling. I use the the Garmin, um, it's, a, it's a Garmin one thousand like cycling computer, just for that, and 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 I don't necessarily need the watch for that purpose and, and stuff. I think the main benefit for me is is if I, I don't know, if I stop at traffic lights on my bike and I hear, you know, a notification on my wrist, or, you know, feel a notification. Sometimes my girlfriend will be saying, "Oh, how long will you be?" It's it's really cool in that sense because I can just, you know say say i'll be back in half an hour and it will go straight away which is really good um so so yeah um that that is really good because what i used to do was put my phone in in my jersey pocket and then not hear it and basically ignore it really because uh, it because i never felt that it was safe to actually stop at the light pull my phone out the pocket balance and on the bike and that kind of thing um so yeah in in that sense it's it's, it's cool i like it um and, and she prefers it as well, so I can stay in contact with her a little bit more. And are you going to get her one too? Um, she's more into her kind of like, um, I don't know, almost like jewelry kind of watches. Um, well, I'm I'm kind of like the opposite. I'd rather a watch actually have functionality over kind of like what it looks like. Um, she's into like you know the, the tag. Takua watches and stuff, which are like really nice watches, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a piece of jewelry to her, so it gives her, I know it sounds silly, but it gives her confidence. So she's not into like women's jewelry, but she'll like a nice watch and it, and, 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 and it kind of gives her confidence in a way. I guess it's like image a little bit sometimes. But... It's that fashion versus function thing. She's yeah. into the fashion part. You're into the what can it what can it do for me? Oh, it also tells the time. Yeah, you know, if someone was to buy me like a I don't know a few thousand pound watch, like a nice watch, then I think I'd probably just put it in the drawer to be honest, and like just wear it now and again. But I don't know. I I don't like paying a lot of money for stuff which doesn't serve a purpose. Um, so if it tells the time, if I just needed a watch which told the time, then I'd. Spend like twenty, 
30 pounds on a, on a, you know, a cheap watch. Um, but if it's got the functionality in it, then I'll pay more. So that's probably why I, you know, I bought the Apple watch, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it definitely can get better. Um, but I don't know. I like to be an early adopter with certain things, you know, but I'm right there with you. And, and part of, part of the drawback to being an early adopter is sometimes you deal with the bugs and, and I actually found out about one of these bugs, um, a week or so ago, I woke up and my iPhone had decided it was going to be dead. Like, just wouldn't power on, wouldn't take a charge. I'd gone to bed, it was working fine, woke up, it was dead. Went to the Apple store, and fortunately for me, there's an Apple store nearby. So I, I went over to the Apple store and went to, made a Genius Bar appointment, sat down. They said, oh, we're going to swap your phone out. Do you have an iCloud backup? I said, yeah, I have iCloud. I always use iCloud backup every night. And and one of the questions I didn't even think about until he had brought the new phone out was what happens with your Apple Watch data? Because I know that's backed up to the phone, yeah. but how much of that is tracked and how much of that is stored and does it automatically sync any of that back yeah. um, to Apple's server? Yeah. And especially with like the health stuff. And so like I said, I, I had actually hit my goal every day in May but because of when my backup happened, when I restored, you have to reset your watch yep. and like repair it and reload it. So it lost most of a Sunday's progress or Monday's progress and all of the next day's progress as well mm. up to the point where I was at the Apple store. So I ended up missing out on half a day, more than half a day that I couldn't go back and make up for. And then on top of that, also missed out on a quarter of a day that... I, I was at, I think I had burned like 200 calories or something and had stood up six hours and had 10 minutes of exercise for the day and all of that got wiped away and, and maybe it's my own fault. I have, I have my goal on my watch for calorie burn set at 600 calories a day, which I think is pretty, pretty typical for me between my walk to and from the car for work, my walk when I'm at work and then going to the gym once a day, I can usually come in right about there. So as long as I happens though isn't it it's it's, uh i don't know some people i don't know if that happens to me then it then it's so frustrating like it's 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 funny actually because i used like a a garmin a few weeks ago and um it it decided to crash um i've done i've done like 98.5 miles and my target was to do 100 miles to get my first century and um it basically crashed at 98.5 miles and uh, I was I was so gutted though because a lot of people say that you know if it's not on Strava then you haven't actually done it. Um, so I sent you know a message to my friends and stuff saying, hey, you know I've done a hundred miles today. I've broke my duck and stuff, and 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 I've done it. And uh, yeah, I was so I was so annoyed. And 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 it does it. It's totally like almost demotivating when yeah. Even even though I know personally in my mind that I I hit my goal both of those days. I look at the app and I see those circles that aren't filled and I'm like, ah, it just kills me that I had, I have all these perfect circles day after day after day after day. And then I have those two days that I didn't make it because I did a restore and lost it. So I, it's, it's amazing how motivating a little piece of technology can become and how demotivating it can become when it doesn't work right. Yeah. It, it's, uh, 
it was quite funny actually because the other day I um I actually used the the, the Strava app on the um actually on the watch. I wanted to try it out and stuff. And um I went out and, and, and the idea was to basically beat a segment time. So basically you've got like a, a segment of say like a road and stuff and how Strava works is that it, it creates a leaderboard of times and stuff. And and what happened is um I absolutely flogged myself to death like i could hardly breathe doing this kind of like segment it was like a couple of mile segment and um when i got home um i tried to kind of like upload the um the ride and stuff in it and it failed and i was like i was i was at the point during the ride that i was i was nearly having a heart attack i was working that hard like my legs were like burning and then when you get home and it and it, and it fails to upload it's like it, it felt like I hadn't done it, as you say. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe within I don't know certain apps and stuff like that, that, that there should be an ability to kind of go in and edit yourself because that one day, which it didn't work for you, would probably have an impact on the badges you'd unlock. And, and I know that sounds a little bit anal and stuff, but I don't know. There's a lot of obsessive people out there, isn't yeah. there? That that was exactly it. I it was it was literally it was the week before May was over. And I was on a perfect month. And so one of, the, one of the awards you get on the Apple Watch is a perfect month. You know, you go from 1st to the 30th or 31st or 28th, depending on the month. And if you hit it every single day, you get a badge, an award. Yeah. And, and I, I look at it now and I'm like, I should have had the badge for May. But because of this, I didn't, which now means I have to hit every day in June to unlock that badge. <laughs> and if I don't hit every day in June, now I have to wait until July. And then if I don't hit it then, so that whole like cyclical thing. And I, and I was real, like I had the watch. I was like, this is one of my goals for the month. I want to hit this for the month of May. I think it'd be cool. My first full month with the watch to hit every goal. Yeah. And even though mentally I know that I did, yeah, it didn't track it. So it, yeah, it's notification. Yeah. You want that badge just to say that you've done it. Yeah. And then I can send a screenshot of it to all my friends and be like, hey, look, I'm awesome, but now I can't. I have to wait till the end of this month. Well, they've all already hit their, their goals for, for me, so now I'm a month behind. It was funny one time I, um, I was, I was um, on holiday. I went to Scotland in the mountains and stuff, and uh, I did like a – I think it was like an 80-mile ride or something, but on Strava, like um, the GPS accuracy was slightly out. So on, on, on the device, on, on my Garmin device, it said that I'd done like 85 miles or something, and I needed to do 85 miles to unlock this jersey, which I could buy um, on Strava. And um, I, think I, I think it was like 0.2 of a mile out. Um, and I was, I was so gutted, though, because the jersey, it was lovely. It was such a nice colour and everything, but you can't buy it unless you actually complete the distance. And that, that, that destroyed me because... I was like cold and wet and soaking. It was soaking wet, and it was like the rain was lashing down and the wind and stuff, and really hard. But it didn't feel like I'd done it, as you say. But I don't know. Um, but um, what are your thoughts? Um, did you see the article with somebody actually getting a fine for using a watch? At- I, I I did. That was that he was driving or something, uh, and uh, apparently got a hundred and twenty dollar fine or some ridiculous amount. Yeah. And and claims he was just changing songs. Do you do you think now whether he was actually changing songs or not is one thing. I 
I find it hard to believe that just knowing how easy it is to change songs because I do it at the gym all the time. Yeah. And I haven't fallen over on a treadmill or run into anybody or anything like that. Mm. Do you, uh, whether he was actually doing that or not, do you think it's, we're in this kind of weird gray area where it's like, mm. what is legally acceptable? And I know, I know the, uh, I think the fine was actually for, uh, improper use of a handheld device or something like that. Now, it, it, first of all, is the Apple Watch a handheld device? Because technically he wasn't holding it in his hand. It was on his wrist. But it's kind of and, like the same as, like, you know, changing the, the radio station, like, in your car or, like, changing a CD or... I don't know. It's... I don't know. Maybe the, you know, the, the cop was a little bit heavy-handed to be honest with that um and and i I think you're always going to have i know that was another thing um you know i had google glass but two years ago or something like that at the time when all this hoopla was going on about is it legal to use this while you're in the car and well is it is it distracting of course it's distracting anything that's not driving that you're doing while you're driving yeah can be distracting it's just a question of, is it a piece of technology you're interacting with to the point that it's hazardous? And for me, I, with, like with Google Glass, I wore it one time in the car. Yep. And it was so annoying to have on. I never wanted to do it again. Just because it's there and like, even though it, it, it wasn't even like it was lit up or sending me notifications or anything, just having it there was distracting. With the watch, with the watch I don't feel like that. It's, it's there and it's on my wrist, and like I like that when I'm driving, even though I have a clock in the car, for whatever reason, I'm used to having a watch on now, so I just you know flip my wrist real quick, and I glance at the time, and I go, oh, okay, now I know what time it is. Yeah. In the car, that's super super handy. Or if I get a phone call, because I always have my phone in my pocket, and it's just Bluetooth to the stereo in the car, if I'm getting a phone call and I want to know who it is, I can real quick just look at my wrist and say, oh, my wife's calling, or my boss is calling, or... This is a, a number that I'm not going to answer. And right from the watch, I can say, this is worth answering or decline. I think there's a time and place, isn't it, for, for, for doing that kind of stuff? Like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I think if you were to pick up, say, like, a phone and start texting and stuff, yeah, you know, that can be really dangerous, can't it, and stuff. But I don't know. Um, I think anything voice activated, I think I think it's okay. Um, so... As long as, I don't know, I mean, if you're driving down like a residential street and stuff and you're, and you're looking at your watch every two seconds and yeah, but I don't know, it's kind of like with, with say like Google Glass and stuff like that, you know, if you're, I don't know, being distracted and stuff with stuff in, in, in your field of vision and stuff, I don't know, I, I think it's, I think, I think the cop was probably a little bit too harsh, um, but I don't know. It's an it's a great, very gray area, isn't it? Where yeah. Well, and 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 now the question is: now that that precedent has been set, you know, the cop was able to pull him over and give him a ticket. Now, how far does that expand? Do other cops start doing the same thing, or was this one particular cop just kind of a one-off case? So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the next six months, year, two, three, however many years, as wearables and stuff become more part of us. At at what point do do they have to start cracking down and 
obviously I'm, I'm sure Apple took that into consideration making the watch that there's a reason there's not a keyboard on it. There's a reason you have to use your voice to do any type of input short of just tapping a button. And it's, it's because then you're not stuck in your watch because we're, we're all so buried in our phones now by having it on the watch. It's kind of unburying us, but at the same time we're still involved. So how bad is it? Like people certainly in the UK, people still use their phones all the time, like texting on phones and stuff. Is it, is it the same in America? Oh, for sure. People are always doing something. I mean, you go to the mall, go to the store. If, if everyone isn't buried in their phones, at least half of them are. And, and they're all, there's always somebody texting or on the phone or even like for me, when I'm at the store, I'm buried in my phone because I'm looking at the shopping list. What all do I need to pick up? That that's, I mean, if nothing else, that's replaced the pen and paper shopping list that you carry. So yeah, being kind of immersed in your device all the time. And now I'm, I've tried, um, clear, uh, reminders app on my watch and I'll put my grocery list in clear because then I can scroll through it on the watch. So real quick, I can flip my wrist and say, okay, I need to grab chicken. I need to grab broccoli. I need to grab rice. I need to grab this. I need to grab that. And as I grab and just check them off on my watch, but then I'm not stuck holding my phone and constantly looking down at it. And again, my phone in my hand, all of a sudden I end up on Twitter and now I'm wandering the grocery store aimlessly surfing Twitter and not shopping like I need to do. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of decoupling me from that and keeping me more focused on what's around mm. when I'm using it. I noticed, um, I mean, certainly um, the first couple of days when I got the watch, I was looking at my wrist all the time and stuff. And I actually went out for, um, we went to like a coffee shop and stuff with a couple of friends and stuff. And I was looking at my watch every five seconds and people who didn't get what it was, they actually did actually think I was being rude and they were like, have you got somewhere to go? Um, and, and, and I don't know, I guess it is considered bad manners, isn't it? If you look at your watch when you're talking to someone. Um, but at the same time, it's also bad manners if you're pulling your phone out of your pocket and looking down. So it's what, regardless of what you're doing, but I, I totally get what you're coming, where you're coming from that if you're sitting and you're talking with somebody and your phone buzzes that you have a notification just by default, because for generations, everybody wore a watch. That idea of looking down and looking at the time was like a, a subtle social cue that, okay, it's time for me to go. This conversation needs to wrap up. And in reality, that's not at all what's happening, but that's the perception. So did you, because um, you're were, you were a little bit younger than me, because I'm 33. I, when you were growing up at school, did you have mobile phones like, or cell phones or whatever you wanted, mobile phones um, when you were at school? I got my first cell phone at 16. So I was I was in high school. It was right at the end of my uh, my sophomore year, my 10th grade year. I know you guys, your years are a little different. Um. Did you have um? So I'm just trying to think because mobile phones first came it came in when I was about eighteen or so, and before that, like you know, I remember you know when people didn't have phones and stuff, and like I remember so many people said that they wouldn't take off and stuff, and why would why do you actually need a, a phone? It, it, it's crazy, isn't it? And it's kind of like 
I've got like niece and nephews now who are like six or seven, and like the way in which they have an used, iPhone or something. Yeah, and like it was it was it was interesting because I've got like a MacBook computer, and um, my um, niece she's like yeah she's five no five or six yeah six I think I always forget the ages of them, but um, she she has like an iPad, and she actually came around the house and. Um, I was on the, on the MacBook computer, and she couldn't understand what the keys on the keyboard were, and she was trying to like tap the screen. To she said it doesn't work, and I'm like, I, I've I've used a laptop for years. As soon as I started using my iPad, I started tapping the screen on my laptop. I do it all the time, where I'm like, I just need to scroll real quick, and I there, I at work I have fingerprints all down my screen where I've touched it and tried to scroll because that's we're so programmed at that now. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I I know I remember when my parents got cell phones the first time, and it was like they had a phone and it stayed in the car. It lived in the car. Yeah, because it was only if I'm driving and there's an emergency, I want to be able to call for help. Yeah, and now we're to a point where, like you said, five and six year olds have iPhones and data plans, and they're you know they're on downloading apps and typing on screens, and they're so used to that, and it's just technology has evolved so far so fast well, i remembered i remembered like what i don't know it was probably around i don't know 2000 i think it was i used to see people in like supermarkets like talking to people on phones like talking about what they wanted for dinner and stuff like that and people used to like really take the piss out of these people um and say you know you just you're just showing off you know and, and stuff and it's i don't know it's madness isn't it um I mean, what's your prediction of like technology and, and like mobile within say like the next ten, I don't know, twenty, thirty years? Do you think you could even know what's going to happen? I, no, I as I, have you seen the movie Her? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, yeah. I could see it being something like that. Obviously, we're, we're between Apple and Google. There's this neural network of information and and everybody else that's out there now, where everything's becoming accessible. Yep by your voice so it, it seems like it's only a matter of time before we either have something we put in our ear or something that's implanted in us that gives us that that connection to that information but to say what's going to happen in 10 or 20 or 30 years and who knows do you do you, do you think um like governments like i don't know maybe i don't know two three four five hundred years do you think people will be implanted with like a trackable kind of device. Um, I'd, I'd read a few articles about what would the future look like and stuff. And some of it was like fascinating, like where crime wouldn't necessarily, the, the, the crime figures would be that low because the whole, you know, world would be covered by cameras and, and well, a lot smarter cameras than what there are today and computer systems and artificial intelligence and stuff. And it's, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to lead to, really. I, I think I think some of it's only a matter of time. I mean, things like being implanted with with something, whether it's a computer or whether it's, you know, that you are your data connection, and that whatever, like, you become your own hotspot type thing. That like, and then you're now sharing your internet with your devices. I, I who knows where it's going to go. It's. And and we and it, when it happens, we'll look back and think, man, why? How did we not see this coming? Well, yeah, because it's so hard to predict where things are going. It's like or, it's the internet, isn't it? It's. It, I remember when I was at school, when I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, 
um, I, I wanted one of those little um, portable TVs, you know, the Casio little TVs with the aerials and stuff. And like, I mean, the quality was rubbish. Like you had to be in like a good signal area just to get like a, like a picture and stuff. But now, but at the time, I remember thinking, oh, how could they make it better? And like the, the whole concept of the internet was just, was just not there whatsoever. Um, so it's, 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 it's mad, isn't it? How technology moves on over the years and stuff. Um, um, you know, I, I read a lot of articles about, you know, when you guys basically landed on the moon and stuff like that and how technology accelerated after that point in time. Um, and, and, and also I think there's things out there which suggest that there's only so much advancement that, that, that can actually be, and then it hits a level. Um, but how long is that level going to take? Like when you become fully saturated and there's, there's no more, there's no more building out of this and then they move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like adapting an idea, but maybe not an an original, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but, um, I don't know. I, I can't wait, you know, if I, if I live to say like 80, 90 or whatever, you know, another 50 years, what it's going to be like, it's just going to be, insane you know even talking to like kids and stuff now about what life was like before like even social media and stuff people think you know it's crazy and like mobile phones and stuff um it was mad um i know you guys in america used to have like cable tv and more channels and stuff i mean up until probably i don't know like i was probably 13 14 we only used to have like four or five tv channels and stuff and it was like no one demands stuff and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what's, the, what's, say, like the iPhone going to look like in 10 years' time? <laughs> or, or will we have an iPhone? Well, we'll I, I'm thinking, like, at least in the short term, I think there's going to become a point where, like, the Apple Watch has its own SIM card and its own data connection that's that's built within it and that that's that somebody could go out and they could just have an apple watch and that is their device they no longer have a phone that they that requires you know the data connection to tether over to the device to share that information that the watch itself becomes that device mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's crazy to think what the uh the next generations will be and and right now we're we're still trying to figure out what they're going to do in September or next week at WWDC. I mean, so uh. I actually saw um an an interesting tweet the other day. You know, in terms of like how things advance and stuff. Um, somebody had written that um, you know how like Apple release new versions of software and stuff each year, like different iOS you know versions and stuff. So one person who are who are read on Twitter basically said that they, they seem to claim that Apple deliberately um, made the phones not work to actually get people to buy the upgrades, but almost kind of like program stuff into the software. So basically there'd be like odd crashes and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I can't see it because, you know, Apple talk about quality and stuff and perfection and stuff like that. But I, I think there's constantly rumors that, like a device is programmed to a year or two years slow down. And people have said that for a long time. Oh, well, this must be the, uh, 
way for it to break and then the way for it to break which then pushes you to get the new one i don't believe it i yeah. i think if that were the case if that were truly the case you would see significantly less old devices still being used or they would literally just if, if apple really wanted to kill them off you know when when ios 7 came along they stopped supporting some of the older devices that if they really wanted to end a device's life, they would just not let it update. And then people get so tired of the fact that these features don't work or these apps don't work that they're forced to upgrade. I have an old iPhone 3G that is at iOS 4.3 or something, whatever that cutoff was. Most apps won't even run on it. You can't install an app on it anymore. It, it They basically forced it into being obsolete just by crippling it through the software version. So I think if, if Apple really wants to make an old device not work, if they were like, oh, no more iPhone 4 and 4Ss, they would just release iOS 9 and it wouldn't work on those devices. And then they would release some huge feature that everybody wants, and that would take care of it. Are you, are you as excited about new Apple launches, like iPhone launches, um, now than, say, a few years ago? Because I remember, like, when the, when the 3G came out and stuff, um, I got that. And then when the 4 came out, I was like, that was super exciting. You know, I, I loved the iPhone 4 when it came out. Um, I just thought the whole design was just beautiful. Um, but then kind of past the, like the 5 and stuff and the 5S and the, I don't know. The 6 Plus was excited because it's a different form factor and it's bigger and that kind of thing. But I don't know. My kind of passion isn't quite as strong about, you know, the actual launches as they used to be. I don't know what you're fitting into. I, I, I agree with that. I think, when the, I think when the 4S came out was the first keynote that I remember, like, really, really zoned. Maybe it was even the 4, when I really zoned in and I was like, I want to know all about this because this is super cool. And I think at the time when the 4 came out, I had a 3G. Yep. And prior to, well, and prior to that, when the 4 came out, the 4 was the first one that uh, Verizon started carrying. Well, granted, it was late, but there was all this rumor that they were going to have the 4 on Verizon. So I was like, I'm going to watch this keynote because if they do, that means I can get that phone. And that I had had AT&T and it was terrible. So I, I was committed to Verizon. I wanted the iPhone, whatever. So when the 4 came out, I was like, this is really neat. This looks so cool. And then the 4S, because I didn't fully, at the time, I didn't fully understand Apple's refresh system that every other model changed designs. So the 4S came out and I was like, oh, this is kind of neat, but it looks the same. So what do I really care? And then when the 5 came out, I was like, oh, it's a bigger screen, but it still kind of looks the same. And then the 5S, because the only real distinguishing thing, aside from some software stuff, was the Touch ID. I was like, oh, that's not as exciting. So the, the 5S, I think, kind of took some of that off for me. Yeah, yeah. The six, like you said, I was like, "Oh, this is super cool," and and obviously this because the six and six plus. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think Apple saw that that excitement was starting to wear a little thin. That now it just became kind of expected. You're going to improve it every year, but it's not like I have to own these new features. Mm. And that's why things like the Apple Watch came about because now, while you're not as excited about the iPhone, yeah, you're excited about another Apple product. Yep. And it's keeping you there, isn't it, as well, because you've bought your watch and then you 
kind of you need the iPhone to use the watch. And then I don't know. I mean, I, I've considered it over the last couple of years, you know, to maybe switch to Android, but because I don't know, I've just spent so much money on like all the different apps and stuff like that. It, it, it kind of keeps me there. And I'm, a, I'm kind of afraid to try something different like with Android and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe because the Apple products, they, they work for what I want them to work for. You know, I don't, I don't know. Some people like to like customize everything and, you know, tinker with everything, but I'm kind of like just happy. Just, you know, if I can pick up my email, do, you know, Twitter and all that kind of stuff relatively simply, then, then I'm happy, you know, but I don't know. It's, uh, it'd be interesting to see what, uh, what they're going to announce next week, really. Um, yeah. So, so what do you, what do you think is coming next week? What, what are you, what are you hoping is coming? We'll go with that. What are you hoping they say next week? I hope, hopefully they, you know, say some stuff about the Apple watch and, you know, maybe open it up a little bit more for developers. Um, I think in terms of like the, um, the, you know, iOS, I think it's, it's just going to be like a, some, some nice little updates and stuff. I mean, Design wise, I, don't, I can't see them changing it around too much, um, um, because obviously, was it was it iOS eight or seven, which they, seven. which was the total redesign seven, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think it's probably got another year or two left in that, in terms of design, um, and yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, there was there was talk about you know like the these iPad Pros and stuff like that, you know, the, the big, large ones. Um, would would you personally buy one if they were to lo- launch a bigger iPad? No. But for for me, the iPad, I, uh, and I've said this many times before, the iPad is totally a not every year or every two years update. Like my phone, I'm going to go out and I'm going to pick up a phone every year or every other year for sure. Yeah. With with the iPad, I I had the third generation iPad up until last November. So for me it was a I'm just going to keep hanging on to this old device because it still works and I didn't need anything fancier than that. Um and then eventually I got to that point where I was like okay, now I need a nicer device. This one's starting to get really laggy. It's not working very well, so I upgraded to the Air 2, the new one. So for me, I I wouldn't get the iPad Pro at this point just because I don't have a need for a new device. And I don't see enough features of the iPad that would draw me in. I I still use a a 13-inch Mac Pro, um, and I have my iPhone, and I have my iPad that that I Air 2, and I have my watch. Like To me, I have kind of all the bases covered as far as Apple products, and I can do pretty much anything I need to do with those devices. I don't need the bigger iPad with all these extra features to to do anything that I can't already do somewhere else. Maybe design for designers um, and like artists and that kind of thing, but I don't know. I mean, I suppose it would be quite cool. Like, I don't know. I tend to use the iPads like if I'm watching a film in bed and stuff because we don't have like a, you know, like a flat screen TV in like the bedroom and stuff like that. So cool to watch movies on it. Like, um, like sometimes we'll watch a movie together. Like, pass, move the screen over a little bit because I can't see properly. But I don't know. I guess it's an expensive, an expensive luxury. If I just want to use it for that. But um, 
yeah i mean i don't use the i, I don't use the ipad as much since um i've got the iphone uh, 6 plus to be honest um the screen is like perfectly big enough really for, for, for me if i want to just watch you know little youtube clips and that kind of thing maybe for, for films yeah but just you know watching videos and stuff on my twitter feed and facebook and that kind of thing then yeah the, the six plus is great for that awesome so anything else major driving you uh to want to talk about right now or have we kind of brushed over all the important things for you to discuss this week yeah i think um yeah we've spoken about a bit really you know mainly about the apple watch and um yeah how you know technology well certainly with fitness tracking and that kind of thing it's so important for companies to get it right and you know for the data and the pro and the apps to actually work properly because there's nothing more frustrating than it you know they're not working um right. but um yeah it's uh it should be interesting next week i think just to see you know if they um say anything about apple watch and that kind of thing i'm sure they'll announce um you know the numbers and that kind of thing as per usual um and i think it will be really really impressive but yeah um at the minute i'm in, i'm slightly underwhelmed with it but it's cool but it's not something i need and that's what i'd probably say to most people you know sure. i don't think you need an apple watch you need a phone but not a watch at this moment in time perfect and uh through all the WWDC stuff next week and, and all the time, uh, if people want to find you online, where, where can they go, Rob? Yeah, um, easiest place is probably Twitter. Um, it's ShoeSmith81. That's ShoeSmith81 with the numbers. And awesome. I'm available there. And most of the time, um, I'll get a notification on my Apple Watch, so I'll respond within seconds probably. So, yeah. Perfect. Uh, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Ian Fuchs. And thanks again for our listeners for joining us on another exciting edition of Magnificent. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or review or both on iTunes. And we hope to catch you again on the next episode. Mm-hmm.